Amen. So it is my privilege to introduce our guest preacher for this morning. If you come on the last Sunday of the year, you probably are going to get a guest preacher uh, because it gives us, Pastor Darren and I, opportunity to, um, sell, to focus on Christmas with our families. But this week, this, uh, this Sunday, we are really blessed because we uh, have a dear brother in the Lord, Aki Kawamata is here, and Aki served for seven years at, in our sister church in Tucson, and he is now back in Southern California working for an early child intervention agency that uh, is helping children uh, like two years, two years old and younger who are showing developmental needs. And uh, so in some ways he's not in pastoral ministry, but he's in ministry. Uh, because uh, he's doing the Lord's work uh, with, this, with this agency. And uh, so Aki is a dear brother in the Lord, a friend to our church and to our conference, and a, and a minister to God. And, uh, you know, I highlight some of the things that Aki has done and been involved with, but uh, just personally, I'll have to admit, I miss him at pastor's meetings and retreats, as we would go at it on the basketball court, <laughs> and we would have a lot of good laughs, and Aki's a good brother in the Lord, uh, but we want to uh, welcome him to West Covina Christian Church this morning. So let's welcome Aki. Thank you, Pastor Corey. Haven't done this in a while. <laughs> okay, let's see. Check, 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 check. Good? All right. God is good, amen. One of the memories I have with you, Corey, at the pastor's retreat is um, Corey came up to me. What's that? <laughs> he asked me not to get him in trouble. Um, it, this was later in the day, and he's like, Aki, do you think you could crack my back? <laughs> my wife, Mandy, she always asked me to crack her back. And so, you know, I, I have her go like this, and I just crack her back. It's pretty, um, I, I'm not a chiropractor or anything, but I can do that. And so Corey's like, can you crack my back? I'm like, yeah, sure. And he, you know, I did the th I picked him up and I cracked his back, but I almost passed out. <laughs> um, but yeah, we had really good times together. And uh, I appreciate you having me here today, Corey, um, Pastor Corey. And uh, you know, while I was sitting there uh, and just worshiping and seeking the Lord, I felt the Lord say, is this, is this okay? I feel like there's a reverb, but maybe it's just me here. But um, uh, I felt the Lord say that, West Covina, you're in good hands. You're in good hands. Uh, and, and I agree. As Pastor Corey has uh, the head here, he's someone I trust. And that's, uh, that's just, you can't put a price tag on that, someone you trust. And if you've ever been in a relationship, you know what that means. Like, I trust this person. Uh, today's uh, message 
It's from the book of John. If you have your Bibles, if you would turn with me to the book of John. John is one of four Gospels. It's different than the other three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Uh, it's different in many ways. It's, um, it's a gospel that I've come to love. Uh, when I first came to the Lord, the person that introduced me to Jesus said, you need to read the Bible every day, at least five chapters. And I didn't know any difference. So I was like, okay, I'm Christian now. So I read you know, about five chapters every day. And he said, you should start at the book of John, the gospel of John. And so the gospel of John is normally where um, I started when I ever... When I ever uh, do like a Bible reading, I'll start at the book of John. And so probably John is one of the gospels that I've read the most because I try to read the whole Bible and then I'd stop somewhere, then I'd start back at John. So <laughs> I'm always starting back at John. Anyways, uh, this is uh, John. Well, let me just read. I'll just read the, the scripture passage for today. It says, uh, John chapter 11, verse 1. I heard like three Bibles. Praise God. Congrats if you brought your Bible today. You know, uh, may God bless you. I remember when I first started ministry, I say, let's turn to the uh, Gospel of John, and you hear, ch -ch -ch -ch, and that's where I have to say, uh, like, you know, the fillers of John is this, that, that, this. But um, nowadays, we're all just using this or Oh, it's not up there. We're just using this now, huh? All right. It says, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So, so the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death, Note it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and his sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you are going back. Jesus said, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by the world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I'm glad I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us go, that we may die with him. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your grace, for your mercy, for your love, for your patience, for your kindness, for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, that we can gather here today to worship you freely. Holy Spirit, we ask that you come and fill this place, fill our hearts, fill our minds. We pray that we would hear you, Lord. 
We thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. A couple of things that stood out to me while I read this passage is Jesus' relationship with this family. Today's sermon message, the title is Staying Close to Jesus. Staying Close to Jesus. If you noticed, they said, this is the one whom you loved. And Jesus at the end, in verse 11, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. Now, I don't know if this is how things is now, but it seems like while Jesus walked on the earth, his relationships with people were different. There were the multitudes who followed him. There were the disciples that followed him, about 72 maybe maybe even more. There were the 12 apostles that were very close to him. Even amongst those 12 apostles, there were three that were very close, the inner circle. And in this passage, he says, the one I love, our friend. And so Jesus had friends. Is that a novel idea? Jesus had friends. Now, I've come to realize as you get older, for some reason, you don't have as many friends as you used to, right? Uh, For me, when I was maybe 19 or 20, I had plenty of friends, people I hung out with, played basketball, called me. We didn't use, well, did we have text message back then? This was... Uh, I don't know, but it wasn't like this. But, you know, they'd call me on the phone and we'd play basketball and I had people to hang out with. And then as, as I got into my 30s, I realized, hey, where did all my high school friends go? I don't keep in touch with my high school friends anymore. Now that I'm in my 40s, you know, I, me and my wife, and my best friend is my dog. <laughs> Uh, love hanging out with family, but you just don't have as many friends anymore, you know? The older you get. See a lot of old head here? Yeah, is that true? Does it get, does it get any better? I don't know. Let me know. Let me know if it gets better. Um, but, you know, apparently for Jesus as well. He had friends. And I don't know if that's a, any reflection on how we can relate to Jesus now. You know, it's one thing for me to say, Jesus is my best friend. It's another thing for Jesus to say, that, that one right there, he is my friend. Lazarus had that kind of a relationship with him. Isn't that amazing? That, fam- that whole family there had that kind of relationship with Jesus. When it comes to walking with God, I've walked with him since I was 19, and I'm 44. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to do math today, so it's been a while. 
Corey, when, uh, when I first saw Corey, Corey was like, how long were you at Tucson? And I was trying to do the math, and I'm like, I don't know, like 10 years, 7 years, 8 years? I've been there for a while. But I've been walking with the Lord since I was 19. And um, there were times when I felt very close to him, and then there were times when I felt not so close to him. But in all those years, you know, my goal has always to be his friend. And I think that should be each and every one of our goals. In fact, I believe in heaven and hell. I do. <laughs> in fact, that's how I came to know the Lord. My friend said, ah, do you really want to go to hell? It, there was a longer conversation than that. And basically, no, I don't want to go to hell. How do I stay out of hell? Here, let me introduce you to Jesus. That's sort of the evangelistic method he used, and it worked. <laughs> I've come to know, though, that as I read Scripture, heaven and hell, it is there in Scripture. But more important than that is a God who wants a relationship with each and every one of us. More than a God that wants to send you to heaven or send you to hell, it's a God that loves us and has opened a door, an invitation to have a relationship. And as I looked at this scripture passage, I couldn't notice that Lazarus and his family, Mary and Martha, they had a relationship of love. They loved the Lord, and the Lord loved them back. And it wasn't simply a disciple mentor, a disciple master, a servant master. It was, this is my friend, Lazarus. Let's go to our friend's house. Just a little side note, this, this story is not in the other three Gospels. I'm not sure why. Uh, it's not. One of the reasons could be after this miracle where Jesus goes, spoiler alert, Jesus goes and raises Lazarus from the death. But after that, not only will the authorities of the time, the religious authority of the time, will want to kill Jesus. Now, they, they were already at the point where if you believe Jesus is the anointed one, you cannot worship in the synagogues. That's how bad things were getting, just the, the environment, the atmosphere. Uh, a lot of disciples had left Jesus as well, and Jesus became a controversial figure, a religious leader that was doing bona fide miracles, but were also getting in trouble with uh, the people in authority, and they come to the point where they were going to kill Jesus. And when he goes and raises Lazarus from the dead, they're going to kill Lazarus as well, because that was proof of who Jesus was. And perhaps that's why maybe the early Gospels, they didn't want to dox Lazarus. I don't know. I don't know why it's not in there. And there's, let me just tell you this. There's a lot of things I don't know about the Gospel or about the Bible. Or about God. In fact, I don't even know why I'm up here. Corey, why am I up here? I don't know a lot. Okay. I'm not even a pastor anymore. Well, anyways, when Corey called me, I felt the Lord say, you should do this. 
I felt it right away. He left a message on my phone and said, hey, Aki, I was thinking about you, and I was wondering if you wanted to speak at my church, and the, you know, something in me said, you should take this. I called Corey, and I said, hey, let me pray about it. You know, I did the whole pastor thing, hey, let me pray about it kind of thing. Uh, and then I just felt the Lord just convict you, say, hey, tell him you're going to do it. And so I said, okay, Corey, I'm going to do it. While we were on the phone, he told me, he, he expressed, like, yeah, there's been some miracles that's been happening at West Covina. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. That's great. You know what? And in, in, in my head, I'm gonna, I was thinking, you know what? I'm going to talk about um, the spiritual gifts. When I was a pastor, I loved that topic about spiritual gifts. And I said, you know, I'm going to do a sermon on spiritual gifts. And while I was doing, you know, just uh, preparing for the sermon, the Lord said, you know what? What happened here wasn't a spiritual gift thing. It was more of a miracle thing. Not that miracles can't be part of the spiritual gifts, but just in terms of what happened, I said, oh, okay, let me talk about like, Lazarus. Then. Because there's something in Lazarus, this story, and I don't know if you caught it, that talks about miracle. And I said, I'm going to figure this out, and I'm going to give it to the church. And they're going to be blown away, minds blow, kind of thing. <laughs> That's what I was expecting to happen. But then as I was doing my research, I'm like, I don't know what this means, Lord. <laughs> Are you going to give me the answer? And no, you didn't give it. So I don't have any for you today. I do want to say that Jesus loves you. God loves you. Amen? All right. Yeah. And staying close to the Lord. That's very important. As we saw in this passage, it's almost like a comedy of errors, right? Did you catch that? Jesus is like, Lazarus fell asleep. And they're like, oh, good, he's going to get better. Let him sleep. They're like, Jesus like, no, that's not what I meant. He said, Lazarus died. And we're going to go. And then Thomas, verse 16, Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, okay, let's go so that we can die too. It's like, what? <laughs> What's going on here? Um, and that's my second point of the sermon. I think I need a three-point sermon. The first point is there's an invitation to know God. The second point is there's always going to be misunderstandings. In, in any relationship, there's always going to be misunderstandings, right? In fact, that's probably the reason why as you get older, there's more room for misunderstanding because there's more room for misunderstandings probably don't have as many friends as I used to, right? Is that, is, that, is that how that works? I'm not sure. But there's a lot of misunderstanding here. And you wonder why, why does the disciples, they do that often. A lot of misunderstandings. Throughout scripture, you see that. Jesus said, I have food to eat you, have no, you know nothing of. And the disciples are scratching their heads and said, did someone come and feed Jesus? Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Unless you eat of me and drink of my blood, you cannot have nothing to do with me. They're like, you know, do I have to take a bite out of Jesus while they're sleeping? What's going on? And I said, after that, many disciples left him. There's a lot of misunderstanding when it comes to Jesus and his disciples. And now that we have the Holy Spirit, hopefully there is less of a misunderstanding. Amen. Now that we have the Holy Spirit, we know everything we need to know. Amen? 
Kind of, right? Yeah. But there's still misunderstandings. No? Yes? I think so. If you don't think so, then go to the book of Revelation and just tell me what that means, if there isn't that. Even with the Holy Spirit, we're still going to misunderstand the Lord. It just is. And if you're sitting there today thinking, that person is wrong, I'm wrong, that's a good place to start. (laughs) Just kidding. There, there just is this, I don't know, I mean, God is infinite, we're, we're not. God is just so much greater. It's like a human trying to explain something to a toddler sometimes, at, at best. You know, Thomas... Yeah, he didn't even know what was going on. He was like, oh, we're going to die. We're going to go to Lazarus, and we're going to die too. I hope someone had enough sense to say, Thomas, we're not going to go and die. You know, imagine that. Imagine being Thomas for a second. You know, first you're excited, right? Like, we're going to get martyred for Jesus. And Jesus was still about maybe two, four days away from Lazarus. So if no one told Thomas, just imagine what was going through Thomas's mind. That after that excitement where his office like, oh my gosh, we're gonna die and we're gonna die. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if the disciples like caught on to that. Thomas, what's wrong? You know, like we're gonna die. Like, no, like that's not what Jesus meant. No, like, no, we're good. Like, that's what he said. It's, I don't know. In my mind, it's pretty funny. You know, like Judah sneaking over to Thomas, hey, since we're going to die, you know, you want to give me over your money so I could give it to the poor kind of thing, like people taking advantage of Thomas, misunderstanding. But there's always going to be misunderstanding when it comes to the Lord. There is. It just is. We're finite. We're not perfect. I'm just, I'm going to just put it out there. You know, Corey's going to come up here one day, and he's going to say something with passion, with conviction, and it's going to be wrong. That doesn't make him a false teacher. A false teacher isn't someone that says everything 100% correct. We can be sincerely wrong. And as Christians, and I know if you've walked with the Lord, you know when you've been wrong, right? Yeah? Amen? Yeah, you've ever been there before? I remember when I first came to know the Lord, you know, I was just black and white, as can be. And uh, one day, for some reason, one of the older uh, leaders there said, hey, if you smoke... Do you think you'll go to hell? And I said, yes. <laughs> no, no, no thinking. If you smoke, you're going to hell. Period. I've loosened up a bit. You probably go to purgatory if you smoke. No, just kidding. Just, just kidding. Just kidding. No. no. Now, God is more concerned than just you smoking. It's just, uh, that's, you know, when I read the Bible, that's what I saw for some reason. 
For some reason, that's what I saw, and that's how I reacted. You're going to see that all throughout Scripture. I want you to know that it is important to read Scripture. It is important to study Scripture. That's one of my favorite parts. You know, um, I stepped down from pastoring about two years ago. I don't miss this part of pastoring. I don't miss the speaking part. Uh, But I do enjoy the studying part. I do miss that part. That's always been something that I enjoy doing. And uh, so don't get me wrong. Scripture is important, paramount. Understanding it, studying it, memorizing it, meditating upon it, very important. But don't get to the point where it said, well, the scripture says this, so this must happen. At least you be like Thomas, who said, well, God said this, so let's go do that. And, you know, Thomas is completely off the mark. Which brings me to the last part of the sermon is the mystery of it all. There's always going to be mystery. What I wanted to figure out for this church, which I failed to do, I'm sorry, I failed, is what Jesus meant when he said, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Did you guys catch that? It's in verse 9. So the story is, Jesus gets word from a family he loves that his friend is sick. So he's still living. Lazarus is still alive, and they're hoping Jesus comes and heals him from a sickness, which they've seen him do probably hundreds of times. Jesus doesn't get up and leave right away. He stays where he is two more days. And they're maybe, maybe 80 miles away at, at the furthest. So it's quite a long ways. And th- they walk everywhere, you know? So it's going to take a couple days to get to where they need to get. And before he goes back, again, the atmosphere is pretty charged. The place where Lazarus is, there's also people there that wants to kill him. Put him in prison, at least. I'll pick it up at verse 7 and say, let us go back to Judea. That's what Jesus says. And one of the disciples says, but Rabbi, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, yet you're going back. Just another sidebar, just a little side note. Uh, The Jews here, we're not exactly sure what that meant. What, you know, because where he is, everyone's Jewish, you know. Uh, So the Jews there, I don't think it's a distinction between the Greeks or whatever, the Jews and the non-Jews there. They're they're all Jewish people, right? So it says the Jews there, there's no consensus on what that means. They're there, they're going to kill you if you go back. 
Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Back then, they just, they did that. 12 hours of daylight, 12 hours of night. Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by the world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. And I try to look at commentaries, and you know, I couldn't find the answer. I don't know what that means. What it kind of suggests is there's time when you can do these things, and then there, there are times when you can't do those things, right? Bare minimum. There's going to be times when you can do these things, and then there's going to be times when you can't do these things. It's not the first time he answered that way. The first time he answers that way, I believe, is in John chapter uh, 9, when there was a man born blind. And Jesus says something similar. There was a man that was born blind, and the disciples asked, who sinned, this person or the person born blind? And he says, neither this man nor his parents sinned. And Jesus said, but this happened so that the works of God might dis might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one works. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So and some commentators say, well, he's just, you know, foreseeing his death. And when he dies, nothing like this can happen. Although stuff like this did happen after his death and resurrection, right? There were miracles after Jesus' death and resurrection. So what does it mean? And I wish I could have gave you that, right? But I, I can't. I don't. I don't know the answer. I don't know what it means. Why was there a miracle here in West Covina? I don't know. But during that time, Jesus would have said, it is day. It is day. And when that miracle happened, you best believe Jesus was there because he is the light of the world. I don't know if there are cycles of when it happens and then when it can't happen. I don't know. I hope it continues to happen here, that more and more miracles will increase here, that these would just be tokens and signs of a greater reality. And what is that greater reality? That Jesus is near. And as long as Jesus is here and near, and as long as these things happen, let me tell you, he is still looking for people that he could call friends. I think there is a progression in becoming a friend of Jesus. And that first step is asking Jesus would you be part of my life? If you've never done that part, I do invite you. Just say, Lord, would you be part of my life? You don't have to say it out loud. You can say it in your spirit and say, Lord, would you be part of my life? It's incredible. 
as much as I've gotten things right and wrong in Scripture. I do feel like the Lord has always led me, and I stayed close to him. Let me tell you, you're going to get it wrong, too. You're going to misunderstand things as well. There's going to be a lot of things you're going to misunderstand. Lord, why don't you do it this way? Why don't you come earlier? Why don't you tell me to wait? And there's going to be times when the Lord speaks to you, and you don't obey, and you realize, I missed it, right? Have you ever had that happen before? Now, when I say when the Lord speaks to you, I don't know how uh, the Lord speaks to you, but when he speaks to me, it's in my own voice. I, I can't distinguish the Lord's voice from my own, like, self-thoughts, you know? He doesn't come in, like, an accent. <laughs> it's not like, oh, that's the Lord. It's not like, yeah, it's not like, how you doing, Aki? It's me, the Lord, you know? It's not, it's not in a, it's like, oh, it's the Lord. No, it's like, and it's so, it's so much in my own, like, voice that I, you know, I, I oftentimes, I've, I've argued with it before, right? You ever done that? Like, for, there was one time when the Lord, well, I don't know if it's the Lord or not, like, there's always going to be that element of faith, but I felt him say, sell all your stocks, and my stocks were doing well. I'm like, what are you talking about? I was like, I'm not going to sell. I'm gonna, okay, I'll sell my stock when it goes a little bit higher. <laughs> this was about two years ago. You know, if you guys are into stocks, you know, like, when the pandemic hit, there was a distinct drop, right? And no one's into stocks. You're like, okay, all right, all right, I get it, I get it. I'm in a holy place. But that's what happened. The day before that happened, I felt the Lord say, sell all your stocks. Well, I don't know if it was the Lord, okay? I felt, in my head, for some reason, something said, sell all your stock, and I said, no. And then the next day, I'm like, what the heck just happened? And I was like, that must have been the Lord. <laughs> yeah. That's how he speaks to me. I don't know how he speaks to you, but that's how he speaks to me. In my own voice, in my spirit, and sometimes I can't distinguish whether it's just my bad thoughts, my bad ideas. But usually, I guess, if you start arguing with it, it's probably not from yourself, right? It's like, sell all your stocks. That's a dumb idea. No, I'm not going to sell my stocks. And then the next day, it's like, I guess I should have sold my stocks. Don't worry, we bounced back, so we're okay. We're okay financially. That's the way the Lord speaks, though. It's a, it's a, like they say, it's a still small voice. It's a voice very similar to your own voice, I guess. That's how he speaks to me. And I say all that to say, as you walk with the Lord, there's going to be opportunities where you hear his voice. And the more you listen and the more you obey, you know what that's called? It's called being a disciple. And as you become a disciple, the more you listen, the more you obey, and the more you just lay down your own rights and say, 
And even if it's an idea you would never do yourself and say, okay, I feel this is Lord, I'm going to do this. I believe what happens and what you become are servants. No longer am I going my own way, but I'm going to serve whatever may come. Whatever you want me to do, I'm going to follow, I'm going to obey, I'm going to hear your voice. Even though I don't agree with what you're saying, I'm going to do it. Keep my mouth shut, and I'm just going to do it. And if you consistent, if we consistently are able to do that, I believe that becomes servants of the Lord. It's a very rare thing to become a servant of the Lord. Like I, th- I think as Christians, we all say, "Yeah, we're servants of God," you know. But very few people were actually called servants of God in Scripture. I believe David was called a servant of the Lord. Uh, Moses, perhaps Abraham, and maybe Elijah. Just like a handful of people were actually called servants of the Lord. Not a very many people. Not very many people. And I believe after you become consistently servant of God, I think that's when Jesus, or the Lord, says, no longer are you my servant because I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. You are my friend. Stay close to the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for an open invitation to each and every one of us to have a relationship with you. Father, I know that you've never left us nor forsaken us. Never once, Lord. Never once. And even now, Lord, I know you are close to us. I pray, Father, that we could spend our lives getting closer to you with our words, with our deeds, with our attitudes, with our life, Lord. I pray, Father, we would spend it getting closer to you, strengthening our relationship, Lord, becoming your friend. I thank you, Father, for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Aki. Uh, I'm going to invite the worship team to come forward now and our prayer counselors. And, uh, and I know that there are some people here this morning that uh, God is just, you know, that little still quiet voice in the back of your mind. Uh, God's saying, hey, come forward and receive prayer. And, uh, and God will bless that. And so if you're here this morning and you want to receive prayer, invite you to come forward. Uh, But let's all stand as we sing this final song together.